This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. Welcome to Ramdas Here and Now. I'm your host, Raghu Marcus. Today we are going to continue the playing some of the talks that Ramdas gave. Um, actually, in March of 1969 in New York City. And uh, a, a number of these talks, and I've uh, indicated this before, they made up some of what was transcribed and became Be Here Now. So um, these are all, one could call, essential early Ramdas thought and teachings. And this uh, particular segment is about energy and what energy is and uh, relating it to our own introduction to energy. Mine, as many, many, many people, certainly from back at that time and I'm sure from these times, whoever's had a psychedelic experience knows intimately the connectivity uh, with energy and that the substance of energy is the fabric of what this universe is about and what he, we humans are about. Um, Ramdas in this uh, relates that uh, that whole notion with uh, um, of course with Maharaji, his guru, our guru. Um, and and the way he kind of describes it, and and the way I myself experienced it, is um, with Maharaji. I mean, when I first met him, I mean, I absolutely knew that there was nobody, no ego behind this mass of energy. You, you kind of could tell that it it was, and I say it. Of course he had a personality and he was fun and he, you know, we enjoyed so much just hanging out with him and he was just a ball of love. But there was also an itness to it. There was a, uh, it was something like you knew that he always did the right, the right thing was happening. And it wasn't a matter of him thinking about it or deciding to do it or any of that kind of stuff. It was just, you got a sense of the f of of energy as the fabric of the universe, and he just embodied that. And so, uh, you know, there are many many stories. And in this particular talk, Ramdas, of course, <clears throat> he uh, gives one as an example of Maharaji. I mean, back then, his devotees, Indian devotees, basically they all you know, not all, but many of them wanted to capture Maharaji. And in, I've heard in more than one instance, uh, they actually, uh, he said, okay, time to take rest. And it was the end of the day and it was at night. And they showed him his room because he would just go around visiting people uh, from place to place and just being kind of part of the family. Anyhow, so one guy actually uh, locked him in the room. I mean, <laughs> he locked him in the room. And... Um, Sometime very early in the morning, you know, just before sunup, somebody came running to this to the owner of the house or the head of the house and said, 
that Maharaji is like a couple of miles down the road visiting some other people. And the guy said, that's impossible. I locked the door. And he said, well, check it out. And he went in. And of course, Maharaji was not there. And, you know, Ramdas talks about these things, these fantastical, miraculous kinds of things. But when they're, when, you know, they're put into some context of when you are not attached to anything and you are just part of the energy, the fabric of the universe, is, is there anything that can't be done transferring that energy wherever you want it to be directed? And these, of course, are major siddhis or power, spiritual powers. Uh, you know, uh, that term is used in India. So, uh, now, you know, today, uh, isn't His Holiness is working with uh, schools like MIT, you know, where they're trying to connect science and and this and the spirit. Of course, they wouldn't call it the spirit, but that which is produced when you know they've been testing meditators and seeing what kind of states that they go into, and so on and so forth. So. You know, some of this stuff is definitely going to come out in in the wash, and already has. Um, so this this issue of not issue, but this reality that we directly experienced Maharaji being able to do what one would call miraculous things and so on but when we when we put it into context of energy maharaji's mind whatever you would call it he could create matter i mean he is in relation to to energy uh basically what is the underlying matter of the universe so he can actually or being like this okay can actually reorganize matter according to their will then we think whose will so that becomes the other question and and, and in this talk ramdas talks a lot about that is very much part of our journey is is renouncing our ego, our will. And the more that we do that, the more that we become in tune with it all, in tune, interconnected with everything that is. And, um, and, and again, I say it again, we, of course, we were fortunate. We had this incredible example in front of us of, of Maharaji. And I mean, we had no scientific theory or anything like that. It wasn't like, you know, by sitting with, uh, with Maharaji that we knew anything at all. But it, deeply and intuitively, we all understood that th here was a being who was radiating this incredible energy, but he wasn't attached to it. That everybody knew. And on top of it, more of, of, shall we say, credence to this reality was that that energy spread 
from him through all of us. We became more interconnected. We became way more aware of how this energy could permeate all of us in an instant. And uh, that is very telling for um, what it is that we have as human potential. And that potential that we understood back then that's carried most of us through to this day is, uh, is this love. But, you know, you don't need to call it love. Love is it's such a, a, you know, a commonized word, if that's, you know, it's become banal. But that energy absolutely was transmitted to us and has been transmitted from us, many of us who have become teachers and so on and so forth, Krishnadas being a good example of that, um, and allows us to have even the tiniest idea of faith, that this exists. So, uh, well, here's Ramdas on Here and Now podcast. But imagine now the relation of servant and master, which is one of total surrender, so that the servant's only joy in life is in serving the master. Well, we go through enough trips from the old days of the Deep South movies to have certain mixed feelings about that of, well, what is that, slavery? Or is that like some kind of suppression of individuality? But the way it works has to do primarily with cosmic energy. Ram is pure light, pure energy, pure consciousness. He's like the sun. Now, there is a meditation that is done in India. I started to do it, but I am not yet able to totally do it. My guru brother can do it. I can do part way. There is a meditation where you start at sunrise and you look directly into the sun with your eyes open. And for the 12 or hours or so that the sun is out, you follow its course directly across the heavens never closing your eyes, never taking your eyes off the sun. A few years ago, there was an article, a series of articles about the horrors of LSD. <laughs> and one of the stories about the horrors of LSD was that some students at Santa Barbara College had damaged the retina of their eye by looking directly into the sun while under LSD. And they had done irreparable damage. This is the most exquisite example of what it means to tune in on higher energy when there is still ego going versus when one is in the egoless state. 
The only way you can look at the sun all day long without in any way damaging your physiological system is if there is no you. If you are not looking at the sun. If you are not looking at the sun, although your eyes are open and you are with the sun all the way across. And this is the secret of tuning in on higher energy forces in the universe. It is again the paradox I keep telling you about all the time, that you get it all when there's no you to have it. Imagine there is a huge energy reservoir that is the physical universe, since it is all energy. I mean, you know, that is energy. It's just energy in a certain state. It's a certain pattern of energy. That is energy. It's just energy in a certain pattern. Energy, certain pattern. Energy, certain pattern. Energy, certain pattern. It's all energy. And you get into finer and finer, finer and finer, and you get into, uh, into uh, negative infinity, and you get into the finest, finest places where you are, where all the energy is just solid energy. It's the same unit. It's so fine, it's just pure energy. Now, who are you in this whole drama of energy? Well, from one level of seeing it, when you are able to meditate and get free of this particular take of reality, you begin to see other human beings as very much like cloud formations or, or like um, collections or focal points of energy focal points of energy. Now when you have a very constricting type of model for handling energy, that model defines A, which energy you can use from the universe and how it can be expended and what it's got to pass through in the system. But let's say you surrender that whole game so that you just become part of it all, part of it all. You become a splash. Just become Now under these conditions, the constriction starts to be dissipated and as you continue to do this kind of opening process, as the veil of ego, as the cloud of ego thins and thins and thins, what you experience is two things. First you experience 
that you are in connection with much more energy than you thought you were. And next you notice that, that once you have calmed your mind, you can direct that energy so that you can really start to feel that you are much more forceful, if you will. It's called a siddhi or a power. Now what has happened to many people through the use of psychedelics and through other means, but primarily through the use of psychedelics, is that they have tuned in on these energy systems before they could know what to do with them. Now, when you tune in on this energy system, for example, you find you need two hours of sleep a night. That's plenty. You can't stay down any longer. And if you can't pass it through you, if you're not pure enough to pass it through you, it sort of gets stuck in there and you get into this kind of manic, hyperactive, type state. You see this a lot with people, for example, who use amphetamines. That kind of like, it's all happening so fast, and you can't slow it down. It's going faster and faster and faster. My mind's thinking quicker and quicker, and it's all happening so fast. So much energy. So much energy. And that's just because it all happens sort of lopsided a little bit, lopsided. But what's awesome is, is what kind of energy is available to a human being. But of course, only when he is not ego, when he's not primarily ego. Now go back to Hanuman. Hanuman has the capacity that when he is searching for Sita, he comes to an ocean that has to be crossed, and he makes his body as big as the ocean so he can step across it so big that he can hold the sun in one hand. And then he's crossing the ocean and a huge sea monster is in the ocean whose job it is to, uh, what she does is she catches the shadow of birds in her mouth and then the bird can't fly on without its shadow, it's stuck. <laughs> I mean, these are such fun. <laughs> And so she catches Hanuman, and, she's, and it's like a test for Hanuman. And Hanuman says, Honorable Mother, uh, look, I'll come back and play with you later. I've got to go get Sita out of the scene because I'm serving Ram. And she says, no, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to eat you. And she opens her mouth this wide, and he makes himself this wide. And she opens her mouth this wide, and he makes himself... And she opens her mouth ten leagues wide, and he makes himself... 50 leaves away. Then he makes himself very tiny and he goes in and out of her mouth. And he says, I did it. And she says, you've done it. you passed the test. I am a servant of Ram's. I wish you luck. And on he goes. Well, all that sounds pretty weird. A monkey sitting around holding the sun. And it's all like, man, I mean, if you believe that, you believe the Red Sea opened up.
the whole process of tuning in on all of the energy of the universe so it all is part of you is extricating you from you simple as that that's what non-attachment means that's what renunciation means I mean you can be you can be buttering toast you can be lifting a rock you can be making love who's buttering the toast who's lifting the rock who's making love Buddha says there is no doer if you think there is a doer you are still caught in the wheel of birth and death Hanuman doesn't sit around saying I Hanuman <laughs> he doesn't sit around saying I Hanuman Hanuman exists he exists only to serve Ram he exists only to serve Ram now think just start to juxtapose this with our western model about ego and identity and individuality and doing your thing and developing your your social presence the identity crisis of Eric Erickson must be passed through until you know who you are until you're somebody you're somebody see the problem tricky problem because as long as you're somebody you're dealing with a finite amount of energy that is able to function through somebody only when you become nobody do you have all the energy that's the paradox that's the way it works so the way the system of bhakti yoga is set up you see is that in this particular sect I'm in my guru spends all his time serving God and he is so pure that like Hanuman he is nothing but the breath of Ram that is there's nobody there there's nobody there and therefore he is pure energy he is pure energy I mean most of the stories about the guru I don't tell because I it feels too far out it feels inappropriate inappropriate but there are at one point the guru is having darshan in a small village and the man whose home he's in feels very badly because so many people are coming to the guru and he, he, everybody all of the gurus devotees are into protecting the guru you see it couldn't matter less to the guru because he's nobody and if you didn't watch him he's just got a blanket he drift off into the woods and nobody might see him again so all of the devotees are into holding him because he's a big deal you know and like let's hold on to him because he's our connection you know keep the connection cool you take care of him today I'll take care of him tomorrow bring him food because just to be near him is like being around the sun that's what it feels like the sun so they put him in this room with no windows they locked the door and left him there so he you know they so the people wouldn't bug him for a while that was in the head of the devotee 
And a few hours later, somebody came rushing up to the devotee saying, why would you let the guru up? Well, he's two miles down the road walking off towards the jungle. <laughs> Door was locked. Key was in the guy's pocket. No windows. I'm not going to explain it. I mean, I can tell you about, about transformation of body and cells and all this kind of... I can explain it to I can explain it to you, but it's really not relevant, except to say that his mind creates matter because he is in the relation to energy and since energy is what underlies matter he is in the position of being able to reorganize matter according to the will of his head whose will not my but thy will O Lord that's what the Bible says that's the key not my but thy will O Lord in other words, obviously there was something to be done two miles down the road. Now in the system in India, there is only one male in the universe, and that is God. And everything else is female in relation to it. Not feminine, female. Yin-yang in the sense of it is receptive the passive open ah type thing this it's this what an interesting trip for western male to go on I mean <laughs> It's funny what that word surrender means. See what the word surrender is starting to mean? I mean, what you're really giving up? You're giving up your whole trip. I mean, you've been prepared for that trip all these years. You've engineered it, you've organized it. Tim, Tim, my old buddy, Tim Leary, used to say it. He'd say, isn't it terrible? He'd say, everybody is up in the, in the control cabin of the ship, running the ship, and nobody's down dancing. <laughs> what a drag. So at one point, we decided we'd run a community experiment at Millbrook, and we set the scene up so that we figured, well, there are, at that time, there were... Um, 12 of us. So we figured, how many people does it really take to run this whole scene? Well, four is ample. Four people can order the milk, get out the psychedelic review, deal with all the bill collectors, keep the police cool, and so on. The other eight, why should they have to sit around making all these decisions every day? So they became the monks and the four became the abbots. And it was a rotating abbot tree so that every two weeks there was a shift over and some people you'd get about a six-week gig as a monk. And as a monk, every morning, it was a very interesting experience, every morning you'd wake up and somebody would say, you'll wear that today, you'll eat this, today you'll work in the cornfield, now you will rest, now you will eat, now you can... How far out? A Western individual 
me with my PhD giving up my decision-making ability you know, to some skitsy chick who's telling me, now you will put on blue denims, now you will go to the field and plant corn. I mean, can I trust her? Who knows what she might do to my head, where she might take me. Very interesting experience, the experience of surrender. Well, I know I was supposed to plant corn, but I really ought to get the... Who's in control of the ship? You or me? You are. Plant corn. Plant corn. Not only plant corn, but be here while you're planting the corn. Don't be thinking about the book you're writing. We intellectuals have a slight, you know, sickness that way. When Tim went off to India, he left me with Millbrook, and I was left with a, an odd assortment of, of unusual people, to say the least. His mother-in-law is, you know, I mean, just a whole scene of people, his children. And a lot of people he picked up along the way. And there we were, a community. And it was getting cold for the winter, and everybody sort of wanted to hang out for the winter. And I met with everybody, and there was one chick there who was a gal who had come to work for one of the people in the community originally, who was very rich originally. <laughs> very complicated. And the girl had come up from the south by bus, one of those you pay the bus fare and you get the, the, the help, the help. So we met as a group and we said, all right, here we are. And she says, I'm not here, I just work here. Sorry, baby, no servants. Well, where am I going to go? Well, you can stay, but you can't be a servant. Well, she freaked completely. Because she didn't condone all our nonsense, and as long as she was a servant, she could disapprove. <laughs> servant problem. Servant problem. Servant problem. Surrender. My early part of the travels in India when I was traveling with my guru brother, we were walking from temple to temple. And he knew the ropes. He had been in India for five years. And it was natural that he would say, well, we'll eat this and we'll stay here. I mean, it was, I, was, I got into it very gently. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I had a rationale to allow it to happen. To allow somebody else to take over my life. I mean, this was okay. This was like a moratorium. I mean, I'd been so big and responsible all these years. I could turn it off for a little while. Lest ye become as little children, ye cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you start again, become that trusting, open, surrendered being, the energy can't come in. The energy can't come in. That's the kingdom of heaven. The energy. It's the same thing. Cosmic consciousness, you name it. Same thing. Consciousness equals energy equals love. Equals awareness. Equals light. Equals life. Equals wisdom. Equals beauty. Equals truth. Equals purity. It's all the same trip. All the same. Any trip you want to go leads the same place. Purify enough, immerse, become beauty enough. Become it. Become it. The potter who becomes his pot embrace the 10,000 beautiful visions and the 10,000 horrible visions. Become one with the universe and then all of the energy passes through you. You are all of the energy. You are all of the energy. This podcast has been brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate all the support for the Foundation and for Ramdas's work, and we hope that you will continue that support. You can go to Ramdas.org and click on the Donate Now button and follow the prompts. Thank you.